When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Bring along the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to add a sprinkle of joy to your workday. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. It's not a great time for Jews. After the slaughter in Israel on October 7th, every Jew hater in the world decided now is the time to let us all know how they feel. Spare me the talk of a free Palestine. Anyone who cares about the Palestinians would not let them continue in their delusion that they could someday get rid of Israel. And let's be real, all Jews, if they just continue pushing. That's just not going to happen. And if you're listening and you care about the Palestinian cause, you should let them know. But look, this is not a monologue about Israel because this isn't a political show. It's about being a Jew in America because this is a show about life and that's my life right now. Jews are scared. In response to being scared, there's a trend online where Jews post this image that says, would you hide me? And non-Jews are posting, I would. I understand why people are doing it. It's comforting to know that people stand with you. I get it. I really do. But I don't like it. I don't like it because, first of all, I'm not hiding. I'm not saying I don't have a plan B in case things go left. We do. Of course we do. Um, But that plan involves getting to my friend's house. Shout out to John, who has the most guns and ammo of anyone. I'm not cowering in your attic. I don't want to be in a perpetual victim state. I'm a free person in the free world. I'm not hiding. The Jews of the early 1940s in Europe were not armed, but I am. 
if this moment has been an eye opener for you, whether or not you're Jewish, get armed. If you live somewhere you can't be armed and you're posting memes about people hiding you, you have to move. Living in this kind of fear is no way to live. The truth is that people are drawn to strength, not weakness, and our weakness will not endear people to our cause. It will have the opposite effect of people joining with the strong to harm us. We're seeing that happen. Get strong and fast. But the other reason I don't like this campaign is not about the Jewish part. It's about the America part. If a Jewish family is hiding in your house, America has probably fallen. That's a bigger problem than whose attic I'm in. I'm talking to the wider West here. I appreciate your agreement to hide us, but how about we join together so that nobody needs to be hid or do the hiding and defend what we have? How about I will never let it reach the point where my attic would ever even be in use? We're in a pivotal moment right now where we can see where these bad ideas have led us. If you're seeing college kids marching around and chanting for genocide, supporting people who would you know, put their head on a pike, that didn't begin this morning. Our schools are a giant factor, but also parents who have let their kids hate America and believe we're just not that good. Our ideals have built civilization, but we've surrendered so much to people who want to destroy that civilization. We've let them take control of our schools, and they've produced kids who have largely been lied to about what the world is like. I mean, have you seen the whole turkeys for Thanksgiving? I mean, queers for Palestine? We mock them, sure, but they're a glaring sign telling us that there's something big we need to fix. And there's something wrong with society that we need to make better before it's too late. Like we're not gonna get there by being offered attic space. These people believe that they'll have freedom to be themselves in Gaza. And many people believe they don't have these freedoms in America. How warped is that? Where did it come from to have such insane backwards ideas that are fully entertained? Free people need to be strong and fight for Western values, for American values specifically. And they need to challenge those who would crush those values in pursuit of something else. If you're motivated to tell your Jewish friends that you stand with them, thank you. We appreciate it. We do. It's been horrible. And non-Jews reaching out to say they have our back really has been a bright spot. But the actual best thing we can all do is defend what we've built in America, the greatest country in the history of the world where we can all be safe in this nation we've made. Tell your kids the truth about how lucky they are to live in this country, how blessed they are. And let's defend this place, not just for the Jews, but for all of us. Coming up next, an interview with Kyle Smith. Join us after the break. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, 
Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Podcast Network on iHeartRadio. My guest today is Kyle Smith, film critic for Wall Street Journal and theater critic for New Criterion and a longtime friend of mine. Kyle, hi. Thanks for being here. Hi, Carol. How you doing? Good. So you like a lot of things that I don't like. And uh, that's sort of been a theme in our friendship. You like fruity drinks. You like going to the movies. I don't like any of that. Um, I super rarely actually enjoy a movie. So I wanted to ask you, what percentage of movies as a film critic would you say that you like? <laughs> uh, well, I, I try to correct for that by only seeing like the top hundred or so movies, only reviewing like the top hundred or so. But even of those, I yeah. like about 40% of them, I guess. 40% mm -hmm. high. I think I like like 5% maybe. Yeah, I sort of feel like I'm a consumer advocate. Like, it's my job to steer you away from movies that are a complete waste of time and money, particularly time, right? And, uh, right. Mm -hmm. you know, um, 
the latest example is this Scorsese movie, which I think is terrible, Killers of the Flower Moon, universally praised because it supposedly uh, shows the dark side of American history. To me, it's right. three and a half hours of brutality. It's very monotonous. It's like the same musical score is kind of going thud, thud, thud for three and a half mm -hmm. hours. Indians getting killed, Indians getting tricked, Indians getting poisoned, Indians getting defrauded. It's it's so dispiriting to watch. I, I can't mm -hmm. believe anyone actually enjoys this movie. So would you say that I'm like at my low percentage of movies I enjoy. And I, I really, like, I try. I, I'm a happy, optimistic person. I go into movies being like, I am going to love this. And I'm inevitably like, oh, that was awful, awful, <laughs> awful, awful. So am I just watching the wrong things or are movies generally bad? Yeah, I, I think most of them are bad. The, the problem is that movies are kind of the top of the, the pyramid for our culture. It's like the thing everyone wants to do. Even Taylor Swift, right? She's the biggest pop star on earth and she wants to make movies. Everybody wants to make movies. If you're a novelist, mm -hmm. you want to make movies. If you're in TV, you want to make movies. Uh, you know, uh, Daily Wire is getting into movies. But, uh, you know, there, there's, there's so much uh, action in the movie space that, you know, too many of them are just not great ideas. And, uh, one one bad influence I think is we have the, the tech companies Netflix, Apple, and Amazon mm -hmm. are just flooding, absolutely flooding Hollywood with money to uh, to invite uh, filmmakers, uh, very often prestige filmmakers, to make movies that are just not very good. The studios wouldn't have made because they would say, "Well, the script isn't good, and it's not going to make any money, and it's not going to win any Oscar nomination." Right. Mm -hmm. Let's not make this. You know, I saw this Netflix movie, uh, The Killer, yesterday. David Fincher very highly acclaimed director. It's just a terrible script. It shouldn't have been made. But Netflix is like, David Fincher wants to make a movie with us? Okay, here's a check for a million dollars. <laughs> right. So you're a film critic, but you've also been a culture columnist, politics. You write about a lot of different stuff. I think you've written on some really controversial stuff over the years. Like I remember the anti-waiter column that got you banned from New York City restaurants and then the the women don't understand Goodfellas column, which, you know, I personally took offense to, but I still like you. Uh, any regrets? Anything that you would not write again? No, to me, everything I write is obviously true. Everything <laughs> is obviously wrong. You have to have a lot of confidence in being a writer. You almost have to be arrogant, don't you think, to be a writer? Almost, almost, yeah. Saying, my opinion is right, and you must listen to me, and I'm the one who's on the page five of this newspaper, and you're not. So my opinion mm -hmm. matters more than yours does. So I, I guess I'm sufficiently arrogant enough to think that uh, I have confidence in whatever I'm saying. So you you stand by it all. It, sure. It's Yeah, okay. That's bold. I mean, are you back in New York City restaurants or still using an alias? I was never banned. I've never stopped going to restaurants. <laughs> I, uh, all I did was make fun of unctuous waiters who, you know, you, you know how they are. It's particularly yeah. true in New York. Like, they get down on their haunches and they're like, hi, my name is Jason. Have you ever been to this restaurant before? And I'm thinking, mm, I'm pretty sure I order food and you have some, you know, minimum wage person bring it to me and I won't see you again until it's time to pay a check. Yeah, I know how this restaurant works probably. Right, and, right. You know, it's pretty easy to make fun of waiters. But, uh, you know, I wrote this column and every waiter, waitress in, in, uh, in the world wrote in to tell me how horrible I was. That One of the big things that problem was, uh, one of the big things they had a problem with was, I, I referred to them as, Servants? And he said, no, we're not servants. We're servers. <laughs> Big difference. Servers, not servants. Don't call us servants. We're servers. And uh, I, I one, mean, one lady yeah. wrote in to tell me I'm a nurse at an, in an ER room. And if I see you coming, I will let you die rather than. <laughs> 
I'm sure she's got, you know, a very healthy life. Oh, many on. people threaten to put various uh, bodily uh, 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 things into my uh, food if they saw me coming. Right. So you, I mean, and so you got some pushback, but you're, you kind of shrugged it off. Any, anything worse than that? Well, you must get pushback all the time. Oh, hey, oh yeah. But I don't, uh, but I'm a nice person who does not criticize waiters. So I was just, <laughs> I was no, wondering how it goes for you people. So waiters, <laughs> well, but they deserve it. They deserve it, but um, they're dangerous. Yeah. They're not waiters. Yeah. I think Jason right. the waiter is not very dangerous. I could be wrong. Maybe he's been poisoning my right. food slowly over the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a friend actually who had this line where she said, when the waiter comes over and says like, have you been to this restaurant before and starts explaining the menu? She's like, no, but I have been to restaurants before. And I, I feel like it's going to go, you know, yeah. similarly. It's your food, right? Is that what you do here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but like the top is usually the smaller plates. And as you get you know lower in the menu, it's the bigger plate so it might get confusing for you oh i think i can handle that okay <laughs> so you once had a column uh, i actually couldn't find it as i was looking for it but it was about how much you love what you do and i think you called people who aren't writers like you know you suckers or something <laughs> I, I was trying to find it so you love being a writer and i would say that the suckers was jokingly um do you feel like you've made it Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, considering where <laughs> I came from, I'm basically a blue collar schmo. I should be like a carpenter, you know, a plumber, or some, you know, a truck driver. My brother p puts roofs on houses. That's the kind of thing I was made for. I should have wound up doing that. But I would have been terrible at it. Like, I'm really bad at building. Like, I'm building all this Ikea furniture and stuff. And I always build it wrong. I put the thing on backwards. Yeah. I would have been a terrible blue collar worker, but I somehow lucked into being able to sell words for a living. How great is that? I, I can just say, awesome. here's some words, yeah. give me money. And, and not only that, but they come to me and offer to buy my words. It's just it's amazing. Awesome. It's just such a scam. It feels like a grift. I, I'm very grateful for, you know, not having to get my hands dirty and not have to work on my feet. My dad worked on his feet six days a week. He was a dog groomer. He sometimes worked even on Sunday. He worked literally every mm -hmm. Saturday my entire childhood. And uh, he was on his feet the whole time. He's doing manual labor, and it was in the basement of our house. And it was really hot down there in the summer. Uh, so he was kind of boiling hot, dogs everywhere, dog hair everywhere, just a mm. miserable job. And that's the kind of thing I, I, I could easily have fallen into. That's what I was made for. That's who my people are. I was the first person in my family to go to college. Wow. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Um, and you were also in the military, right? Yeah, that was the pay for college. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I signed up for ROTC. What, what branch? I was in the uh, Army ROTC, and then uh, I wound up going on active duty in Germany, and then they sent me to Saudi Arabia for the Gulf War. How was it? Uh, boring, but also interesting. The war in general is, is very interesting strategically, but the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. reality of being in a personnel service company 30 miles and back is, is just kind of like you're you know, a military is like a snake, right? There's a deadly head and then there's a long, long tail. That's part of that long tail that kind of doesn't mm -hmm. do anything. Uh, so uh, it's basically just getting through every day, you know, getting meals and delivering mail and stuff like that. That's, yeah. uh, you know, keeping records. That's, that's what we did. So it wasn't, wasn't particularly exciting on a day-to-day -day level. Do you consider that you're living a public life? Like, do you get recognized? Not really, no. I'm not really on TV that much, unlike you. Well, I mean, now you're going to be recognized all over the place after this, you know. I, I, as you know, I wasn't aware until five minutes ago that we were going to do video here. I thought it was just a phone well, call. Here we are doing the video. It's going to be everywhere. And people are going to stop you in the street and say, hey, you're that Kyle Smith. 
Is it annoying to be famous? I, I, I picture, like, I know Maggie Haberman pretty well, and to me, she's famous enough that it might actually be annoying. Maybe you're not that famous where it's annoying you? Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm in... I love my level of fame. If I could keep it at this level, I definitely would because mm-hmm. the only people who recognize me like me. I'm not big enough for haters or, I mean, I, I have had a lot of hate. I had, you know, a, a note left on my door in Brooklyn. Um, I mean, I've, I've definitely had that. Uh, but I, on the street or like in public, I've never had somebody be like, you know, I know who you are and I'm going to like try to do something to you. Um, the people who recognize me, recognize me because they've seen me on a, you know, a podcast that they watch or Fox or any number of places, or they read the post. That's a big one. Ever since moving to South Florida, I've discovered that everybody reads the post in South Florida. It is the official newspaper. So I get recognized a lot from there. Um, but yeah, I like this level of fame. I think it's like, I wouldn't want to be more famous. Right. But there's probably a time when only conservatives knew who Sean Hannity was and then he kind of leaked out and he got right <laughs> right so like you know I'm gonna try to keep it right here and, and yeah. not like I don't know I being famous without a lot of money coming with it makes no sense to me it never made sense to me like fame for the hell of it like influencers and all of that it just it seems like hell to me like to be famous and not make a lot of money from it just I don't get it I was reading Matthew Perry's memoir, a very interesting book. And there's this point in the book where he's just about to audition for Friends. The only reason he got the audition for Friends was because his friend um, Craig Burko turned it down. He, he oh, really? Two sitcoms and he picked the other one. They were really good friends at the time. And everyone mm-hmm. was talking to Craig Burko, you know, take this, this opportunity. What was the one that he picked? It was a show that lasted like six weeks. I think it also had friends <laughs> in the time. It was called like... Just Friends or My Other Friends. You know, uh-huh. I also had friends in the title, I believe. Mm-hmm. Totally forgotten show that was on, I believe, ABC. Um, um, right before he did this audition, Matthew Perry prayed to God. He said, please, God, you can do whatever you want to me, but just make me famous. Wow. And that was a real <laughs> curse because he was a, he's been an addict uh, for yeah. like, you know, 30 years. I, I feel like I'm going to teach my kids that being famous is – not good and that they should not strive for it. Of course, my middle son already has a YouTube channel and he really wants it to blow up. So, you know, um, it's, it's already a, a hard road to teach the kids. Are your kids into that? No, not at the moment. No, they're both kind of more shy than, than uh, you know, eager to perform in public. So I don't think that's, that's good. good. Yeah. So a question that I ask all of my guests and, you know, it's an easy one, but what do you think is our largest cultural or societal problem in America? And do you think it's solvable? It's kind of a trap because when you answer that question, you automatically sound really grouchy, but uh, it's okay. I'm, I am grouchy. You sound really grouchy all the time. I'm I think it's angry. fine. Right. I try to be funny. Yeah. Okay. No, you're funny, funny, grouchy for sure. <laughs> um, to me, the biggest problem we have is everyone wants something for nothing. We have, lost track of this idea that if you want to get something, you've got to pay for it one way or another. Mm-hmm. It goes all the way up and down the line. It starts at the bottom level. You've seen this TikTok video where there's this 24-year-old woman in a car, and she says, I'm going to my service job, and I hate it. Oh, I yeah. I'm marketing. I'm a, mm-hmm. I, I have a marketing degree, damn it. I should be making 150 to 200K <laughs> a year. I'm 24 years old. I have no experience except right. I work at Starbucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, you don't start uh, – $150,000 a year. Why do people think that, that, that you get to start rich? And on the other end, 
we have the Paul Krugmans of the world, world's leading columnist, world's smartest man, Nobel Prize winner, telling us debt doesn't matter because it's money we owe ourselves. So we can spend as much as we want on the social right. safety net, which is always fraying mm -hmm. and tattered, no matter how many trillions of dollars we're spending on uh, welfare and everything else. Uh, we're going to spend as much money as we want. It doesn't matter. Debt doesn't matter. For, you know, Don't worry right. about the debt and deficit. And now mm -hmm. we're, we're getting to a point where we're going to have, I think, trillion-dollar payments just for interest now. That's, that's yeah. our next mm -hmm. milestone. Trillion dollars worth of interest. That we're just, my, uh, my personal favorite of the Paul Krugman nonsense right now is when he puts up the the charts that show that there's no inflation. If you take out like food and housing and cars and like, you know, all the things that you buy, right. those, if you just remove those things, yeah. voila, no inflation at all. Right. So um, but yeah, I, I, I've seen those videos where the young people are expecting to make six figures out of college. There was one um, a few days ago that was like, I work nine to five and I live in New York and I have to commute for like an hour. And I have never worked nine to five. I didn't even like nine. My very first job out of college was nine to six. I have no concept of nine to five. That's amazing. Like you're so lucky. <laughs> um, but they, you know, I think that their expectations are completely out of whack. And, you know, they're young. So I, I end up thinking like, who lied to them? Was it their college who lied to them? Was it their parents? Like who told them that life was going to be six figures out of college and no commute? Like, where did that come from? Yeah, I know. I have to think social media is a big part of it. I think people are, are under the impression that everybody else is having a better time than they are because people, of course, are only putting their best selves on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. And it's a very uh, distorted view. And we've seen particularly mm -hmm. among uh, young girls, uh, very high rates of depression, suicidal ideation and stuff. And, and I think the evidence is pretty strong that that's social media driven. Right. So is there... I mean, is there a fix? Like, what, what are we telling our children? Like, how do we make them have kind of rational expectations? I mean, my seven-year-old who's like fifth percentile thinks he's going to the NFL, but I don't want to like ruin his dreams yet. I don't like, mm -hmm. you know, give him a minute of believing he's going to be a wide receiver and then, you know, let him figure it out on his own. But I, I don't know how to, you know, at, at the same time, like dream big, do what you could do, whatever you want, but also be like, you know, live in reality. I, I don't know how to straddle that line. Any ideas? I don't know. Uh, to me, there's, you know, the old fashioned uh, maxims, whatnot. There's no substitute for hard work, really. If you, you know, I tell my kids, if you, if you're smart and you work hard, there's no stopping you, but it, it's got to be both of those things. Sometimes you can get by just being smart. Right. Sometimes you can get by. <laughs> or just working hard. Either You could actually do either one. Um, yeah. I think yeah, we both. Do it well. Yeah, both is great. Yeah. yeah. So end here with your best tip for my listeners on how they can improve their lives. Okay. Um, that, <laughs> my idea, I, I've always wanted to tell married people this, or people who are thinking about getting married, mm -hmm. is uh, think of marriage or your relationship. Let's say you're in a committed relationship. Think of it as a job. Right. It's it's a good job. Maybe it's the best job you'll ever had. But, but think of it as something you have to work at every day. Like every day you should be thinking of a way to please your partner. Do something uh, over and above what's normal. Uh, just the way you try to, you know, impress your boss. Right. You're, you're always sucking mm -hmm. up your boss. Right. If you get some face time with your boss. Like, sure. You're your mm -hmm. So put the effort into it and also uh, 
don't worry about the blame chain. I think a big part of a successful relationship is um, something goes wrong. Uh, your instinct is to say, you, you screwed this up and uh, your partner's going to go, well, you screwed up this underlying thing. And you go, oh, wow, right. well, that kind of blows me away. But then you go, well, you screwed mm -hmm. up the underlying thing of the underlying thing. To me, it's, you should just cut the blame chain. When something goes wrong, you should just acknowledge, okay, we both have a problem. We forgot our passports. Okay, now what do we do? I'm not going to say, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. it's your fault, you forgot them. But, well, it's your fault because they weren't in the place they're supposed to be. In, uh, right. don't, don't worry about whose fault it is. Just worry about how we're going to advance. And I think if you don't blame your partner, you make a habit of not always blaming your partner for things that go wrong. Your partner will respond and not blame you and you'll, you'll have a much more solid relationship. Kyle, I love that so much. That's like really not where I was expecting you to go. I thought you were going to like lay a lashing on people and, you know, tell them all the ways that they need to improve their lives like otherwise. But I love that you did a relationship one. That's really, really awesome. Thank you so much for being on. You were amazing. And I can't wait to see you over fruity drinks and, you know, not movies very soon. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us on The Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important Important information. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279. Or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody, rugged, resilient, and timeless.